You're listening to Up Your Game, a podcast all about sports. I'm Travis Harrison, joined once again by my best friend, Ben Weir. How you doing this week, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing this week, Travis? I'm doing good. Doing well. Thanks, buddy. Well, we're here to bring yeah. you guys another college football recap as we've reached week 10 of the season. We begin with what myself and many others around the country were anticipating to be the game of the year between number one, Tennessee, and number three, Georgia. Unfortunately, it was a pretty big letdown as the Bulldogs easily took care of the Vols 27-13. Bennett had a solid game as he was 17-25 for 257 yards and two touchdowns. Hooker had a little bit of an off day throwing for only 195 yards and one touchdown, which could hurt in the Heisman race. I don't think it'll make too much of a deal, big deal because this was only one game and against a very good Georgia team who's been running over all their opponents all season long. Ben, I'm sure you were in the same boat thinking this would be a great game and possibly even come down to a final possession. Yeah, I think all of America was thinking this was going to be even better than Alabama and Tennessee was earlier on in the year. And it, I mean, Georgia's just dominated from the get-go. It's almost it's almost eerily similar to last year, though, because, I mean, Georgia during the, the season was, you know, just cruising through, and then all of a sudden they ran into a, a Bama team, and Bama beat them. So, I mean, it could could very well potentially be something to wear that. But, yeah, a lot of people were talking about Hendon Hooker was the lead candidate for the Heisman. I mean, now he's probably falling back. But I don't think you can blame the guy for playing, a, a, you know, a top five defense at all. But, but, yeah, Tennessee just did not have it this game whatsoever. Yeah, and and I hate when, you know, they talk about guys having – they have one bad game and they're like, oh, they, they just lost the Heisman. It's like, come on now. Like, you got to take the whole yeah. body of work for the entire year. And the guy's been great all season long, putting up monster numbers yeah. week in and week out. So, like you said, again, against a top-five team, it's at their place. I mean, again, if this would have been at Tennessee, it'd be a little more like, okay, you know, you had the home field advantage, all that. You really, you know, you had a down game at home. That's not great. But on the road, it's really to be expected. I will say, yeah. Ben, my prediction should have come true. Yeah. If if Hooker doesn't throw that interception in the end zone and yeah. Tennessee scores yeah. instead, they lose by seven, and that's what I said last week was going to happen. But instead, yep. they let me down. <laughs> yeah. Well, it always happens. I mean, you. I've been saying this since you know college with you. You always you either get it like right on the dot or like that. You're like basically a play away from it being basically pretty much right. So, I mean, I would still say you still got the gift, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, speaking of hurting his Heisman chances, C.J. Stroud struggled mightily for the majority of the game against Northwestern before number 2 Ohio State was able to pull away and win this thing 22-7. Stroud actually had more rushing yards, 79, than he did passing yards, which was only 76. The factor to Stroud and the Buckeyes offense struggling so much was the 50-mile-an-hour wins, making life extremely difficult down on the field for both teams. Ben, I'm sure Ohio State was just happy to get out of there with a win, and thankfully the weather didn't cost them in a game they definitely should win. Yeah, I mean, I don't fault Ohio State for this at all. I mean, I know it's 21-7, to but like they were showing before the game even started field goal kickers just trying to kick a field goal, and you could see just the win, just, the, just like basically a wall trying to get to the, the actual goalpost and it wasn't making it there. So like, I, I feel like Ohio state needed to abandon the pass a lot earlier than they did. Northwestern basically ran the ball the entire game. Uh, and I felt like Ohio state needed to kind of give up on the pass because it just wasn't going to happen that day, but at least, at least they pulled it out. I mean, top teams are going to beat you know, the bottom feeders of their league. I know it wasn't probably what everybody expected it to be, but 
they came out with the win. And again, I, I'm sure this is, I'm sure if it was better conditions, Ohio State would have won by like 40. Well, number four, Clemson wasn't so fortunate as they got dismantled by unranked Notre Dame 35-14. On top of their offensive production, the Fighting Irish returned a block punt for a touchdown and also had a 96-yard pick six. The Tigers have been playing around the last couple of weeks and it finally bit them in the butt. Ben, I'm sure you're happy to see Clemson fall after they beat your two teams in back-to-back weeks. <laughs> Just had to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, I was I was happy. I mean, I, I feel like we've been saying it. Clemson has been very, very lucky for a few weeks now, and it, it definitely finally got them. That interception was definitely a key factor. I mean, Notre Dame was up 21 nothing. If Clemson could even get a smidgen of you know momentum going there, it could have been a different ball game. But that made it 28 nothing. Basically, wrote itself. But Notre Dame has been quietly coming along, and this is actually, in my opinion, going to help out Ohio State because I mentioned this last week. But you know, Ohio State was number five when. Or not Ohio State. Notre Dame was number five when Ohio State beat them, so I think it's going to help their strength of schedule for sure. But yeah, Notre Dame seems to have kind of kicked it in gear, and their defense is kind of stepping up as well. I think this was the first year in about six or seven years that Alabama and Clemson lost on the same day. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Pretty crazy. Definitely not. I mean, neither one of them hardly ever lose, but just the fact that it fell on the same day is pretty crazy. Well, number five, Michigan was actually trailing unranked Rutgers at halftime before exploding in the second half with 38 unanswered points to win going away 52-17. Ben, kind of tale of two halves here for the Wolverines in this one. Yeah, I think I think Michigan's probably going to be in trouble, honestly. Like, I mean, I know they're beating the teams they should beat, but they've really been close in a lot of the games kind of leading up to halftime, and then they finally just figure out what to do at halftime and make adjustments and then basically just kill the teams they're supposed to kill. I feel like when they come down to actually playing a better team, a la Ohio State, I just I don't know if they're going to have it. I mean, definitely they're definitely more run-oriented than they are pass-oriented with J.J. McCarthy, but I feel like if you can stop the run, you're probably going to beat Michigan. I mean, their defense is definitely good, but I, I just think they're going to struggle against better teams. Well, in a game between two Titans that actually lived up to the hype, speaking of Alabama, number six, Crimson Tide, lost in overtime 32-31 to number 10, LSU. This game was honestly kind of boring for the first three quarters, and then there was an offensive awakening that took place in the fourth quarter with the two teams putting up a combined 39 points in the final period. This game headed to overtime, and the Tide struck first, going seven plays to put them up 31-24. LSU quarterback Daniels needed only one play to rush 25 yards for the score. Seemed like we were destined for double overtime, but Coach Kelly called a timeout, then his offense trotted back on the field. The Tigers were going for the win. With the entire stadium on the edge of their seats and holding their breath, Daniels rolled out and found Mason Taylor for the go-ahead two-point conversion near the pylon. Pandemonium set in as the fans stormed the field, a scene that his college football has become accustomed to. Ben, did you like that call at the end, and how surprised were you that LSU actually pulled off the upset? 100% love the call. Um, You're playing at home. You literally just scored in the first play on your overtime drive. You've got all the momentum. You're playing Alabama. you got to go for it. I mean, I I feel like you definitely have to go for it. Don't keep playing to overtime. Anything can happen. Uh, I love it. I, I did not honestly expect LSU to pull this off. I mean, LSU's been hot lately, but I just did not see them beating Alabama. I think it definitely helped them being at home for sure the one thing i think is crazy that people have been saying though is like a lot of people are saying the alabama dynasty is over and i'm just like y'all are crazy like (laughs) this happens 
I feel like this happens every, you know, three, four years, something like that. They might have a second loss, but like, as long as Nick Saban is there, I mean, they're going to keep on winning. So I don't know why people are saying that. And I don't even like Alabama. So I don't, I don't get that at all, but yeah, definitely happy for LSU. They definitely deserve to win. Um, great call by coach Kelly for sure. Yeah. Like you said, as long as Saban's there, not only is he there, but you know, as long as he is there, he's going to keep getting the recruits too. So he's going to, he's going to be easily, you know, top three recruits in the class in the, you know, year after year. So he's going to keep getting the top players. They're going to keep being competitive. They're going to keep winning games. I mean, it wouldn't be surprising if he won a couple more national championships. I mean, I think he just signed a contract for like another 10 years. So he's still going to be around for a while. So wouldn't surprise yeah. me at all. So yeah, I know it's like they win, they lose one game, they lose two games and it's like, Oh man, then dynasty's over and they're all wor- Everyone's worried. And it's like, guys, Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> We're all going to be mad next year when they win the national title or something. You know, it's like exactly, exactly. Oh and then they're going to be like, "Oh, dynasty is revived." Oh, there we something go. Yeah. Crap like that. <laughs> Back and forth. Well, Ben, someone we're both excited about. Number seven, TCU pulled away from Texas Tech, winning thirty-four twenty-four and keeping their unbeaten season alive. We've both been loving covering TCU this season and have enjoyed seeing the Horn Frogs have such great success. Yeah, I mean, I was I was worried because I was flipping back and forth between this and Ohio State game, but I was definitely concerned that they just they they're surviving almost the same way Clemson was. So I'm, I'm feeling like it's coming. Their time's coming to to drop one here coming up. I know they got Texas this weekend, but yeah, it didn't I don't think they played great. They definitely pulled away in the fourth quarter. Uh, Texas Tech stayed in the game for a majority of the way. Uh, I just hope. Yeah, man, I'm I'm just all about the Horn Frogs. I, I'm just hoping that they can keep this up but they just got a, a tough road still at the end of, end of the year. Number eight, Oregon tried out some new plays and made quick work of Colorado 49-10. Bo Nix continued to stake his claim as a Heisman hopeful, going 20 for 24 for 274 yards, throwing for two touchdowns, rushing for two scores, and even catching a touchdown pass on one of those new trick plays. Ben, the Ducks have been another fun team we've gotten to talk a lot about this season. Yeah, they're exciting, man. I, I hope they keep this up too. I mean, just I'm just super proud of this team like I mean not even a fan of Oregon but just super proud of that team and just keeping their heads up and keep on pushing and they've been the best in my opinion in the Pac-12 by far and I, I just hope they can keep it up and, and maybe maybe they'll sneak into the playoff I don't know but it'd be exciting to see number nine USC beat Cal 41-35 behind Williams who was 26 of 41 for 360 yards and four touchdowns Ben, you've liked USC since the beginning of the year, and they're a team that's just hanging around and could end up finding themselves up toward the top four if they keep winning and teams ahead of them lose down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, you said it perfectly right there. I mean, they're going to need some some help for sure on the top, you know, the top seven. I would say about top seven teams to get knocked down, but I, I really do think this is a good team. I don't. I mean, they haven't really. I don't feel like they've shown it super well. They've they've been close in a lot of games and probably games they shouldn't have been close in. But we'll see if they can keep it going. They've got a big test coming up with UCLA in two weeks, so we'll see if they can actually hang on and win there. But I think that will be the true test of USC this season. Thompson Robinson had four touchdowns, two passing, two rushing, as number 12 UCLA beat Arizona State 50-36. to Ben, what do you think about Robinson's performance and UCLA as a whole in this game? So, uh, very impressed with Robinson, honestly. I mean, he had 120 yards on the ground, 12 well, basically average 12 yards a carry, and then his running back average 12 and a half yards. I mean, their running game absolutely destroyed Arizona State. But I'm, I, I like this team, honestly. Uh, DTR has been there for about his fifth year now, so I mean, I'm pretty excited to see what he can do. 
Uh, they, they still got an outside chance too, I would say, if they can maybe run the table and win the Pac-12, but they definitely looked very good against Arizona State. A week after Kansas State thumped Oklahoma State and catapulted themselves up to number 13 in the country, they turn around and get beat by number 24, Texas. Then two weeks ago, Texas let a game against Oklahoma State slip away late in the fourth quarter, so it was nice to see them be able to finish the job this time around. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely was on you know the shoulder of their running back, B. John Robinson. He's been a fantastic player his whole college career. Uh, Ewers played well as well, their quarterback. But yeah, I mean, Kansas State, it's just, they're just a weird team because they've been upsetting a couple people and then now losing to Texas, getting upset themselves. <laughs> I know their quarterback finally came back, Adrian Martinez. But yeah, Texas finally looks pretty good. And I just, man, I just feel for Texas what a year they could have probably had if a couple of things didn't go, a couple of things had gone their way. Uh, but a very good game, at least uh, Texas against Kansas State here. Yeah, I mean, there's a really good chance we'd be talking about them in the top 10. You know, just making some moves. and yeah. But, yeah, unfortunately, the, the ball doesn't always bounce your way. And, unfortunately, for Texas, this is one of those years where it hasn't gone their direction. Well, number 14, Utah ran all over Arizona for 60 minutes, and the Wildcats were powerless to do anything to stop it. Then the Utes totaled 306 rushing yards in this one. That's quite the performance on the ground. Yeah, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're – Cam rising, you don't got to throw the ball. Let just hand the ball off, you know, 50 time, 55 times a game, and you're going to win by 25 points. I mean, I'm pretty sure he'll take that all day, <laughs> save his arm. But yeah, no, I mean, I, if this is an Arizona squad, that's not going to put any, any, you know, mustard to against Utah. But I'm happy to see Utah get back on, back on track. Yeah, that's uh, what I used to do on the PS2 and PS3 on college football, you know, again. <laughs> rush, r- rush for all those yards, you know. So that's, that's some video that's right. game stats right there. <laughs> well, number 15, Penn State made easy work of Indiana, beating the Hoosiers 45-14. Speaking of ground games, Allen and Singleton gave the Nittany Lions a knockout one-two punch as they rushed for 179 yards in this game. My thoughts are I'm pretty sure Penn State was just tired of playing Michigan and Ohio State in two of the last three weeks, so they were pretty happy to see Indiana on the schedule. But, yeah, no, they did really well. I'm happy to see them at least bounce back, too, after losing to Ohio State when they might have had the upset last week. There's obviously been a negative cloud hovering over Michigan State since last week's fight in the Wolverine Tunnel that saw eight players getting suspended. Don't tell the Spartans they had no business winning this game as they took down number 16, Illinois, 23-15. Ben, considering everything that happened last week and the players missing, this was a really impressive win for the Green and White. Yeah, I mean, I I just feel like the players all came together. Um, I think their coach got them together and just said, hey, you know what, just forget what happened last week. Let's go out. Let's play, you know, Michigan State football. And they really haven't. I know since last week with the basically what happened against Michigan, but like they haven't been playing well this year at all. So like this has got to be a huge step in the right direction for them, especially after last year when they were fantastic last year. Um, it was good to see them get the upset here at on the road against Illinois, which uh, Illinois was an up and coming team. So it's good to see them win. Yeah, I've been really impressed with Illinois this year. You know, they've only lost the one game yeah. up until this point, so they've just been kind of <laughs> creepily, you know, just going about their business and you know, winning ball game after ball game. So yeah, props to Michigan State for going in there, tough place to play, and coming out with a win, especially missing yeah. all those guys that they were and all the drama that ensued last week. Mm-hmm. Easily, yeah. easily could have been distracted from that. So. Good that they were able to separate that. Drake May threw two touchdowns and ran for another. And number 17, North Carolina outscored Virginia 21-7 in the second half to rally for a 31-28 victory. Ben, UNC's been another one of those teams that surprised us both this season. 
Yeah, uh, not a lot of people are talking about them. Drake May coming in here, and he's been honestly a very good quarterback for them. Uh, they've won a couple close games here in the past about three out of four last games that they've played. But yeah, he, he's had a solidly good year. I mean, if it wasn't for that loss to Notre Dame in week four, I mean, this could easily be a team that people could be talking about for, you know, maybe you know, sneaking into the playoff there too. But, but yeah, North Carolina is just playing super well. I think May has been a, a big talk about maybe getting drafted, not this year, but after next year, pretty high. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, sneakily, just a, a sneakily very good team. Losing for the second week in a row, number 18, Oklahoma State got beat by unranked Kansas 37-16. Ben, after cracking the top 10, now losing two in a row, it almost seems like the Cowboys are throwing in the towel in this season. Yeah, uh, no Spencer Sanders this game. So, I mean, that, I feel like that hurt them a lot. He's been their, their base. I mean, he's been their anchor for quarterbacks. I mean, that definitely hurt. But I'm pretty sure Oklahoma State doesn't want to see another Kansas football team again after getting slaughtered last week and then also losing the Jayhawks this week. But yeah, no, I just I just love that Kansas is you know six and three. Like I mean, who saw that coming? Nobody. <laughs> they just have been playing out of their minds. Yeah, no, I mean nobody is the right answer, and and a backup quarterback now again too, who's been playing pretty well. But I'm just happy to see a Kansas Jayhawks team actually playing well. Yeah, it's always cool to see teams that you don't see up there year after year, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, hello there. And so, can't I feel like Kansas yeah. is one of those teams this year? So it it is cool to see the Jayhawks up there and making some noise, having a good season, having a good record. So good for them. Yeah. Number 19, Tulane continues their winning ways as they beat Tulsa 27-13. Spears ran for 157 yards, and Clayton Johnson had 106 yards rushing. All in all, Tulane rushed for 357 yards on the ground. So they took that 306, raised the bar even more. Then was something in the water this past weekend? It seems like several teams had monster days on the ground. I know. I, I just and, and this was actually a good weather game. It wasn't. You can't blame you know the Northwestern Ohio State game. This was a very sunny day. So like, why are they throwing the ball? I don't know, man. I mean, I I I hope to see this team in a New Year's Six Bowl. Like I really do. I I just haven't seen them win very often. Like ever. I don't think I've ever really seen them be this good before. So like, I'm just hoping that they can keep this up. I know they've got three decent games coming up against the uh, next week or actually this weekend coming up against UCF. But dude. Yeah, I don't understand the running game. I just, I don't know. Everybody must have had the same game plans. <laughs> well, Pitt handed number 20, Syracuse, their third straight loss, beating them 19-9. Obviously, your backup was in the game, Ben, but still frustrating to see your team not compete. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, our starting quarterback hasn't been great anyway, so, like, trying somebody out sometime with, but I'm pretty sure, actually, our quarterback was hurt, if I am not mistaken. But, I mean, we couldn't. This is the tale of what we've been saying as far as like uh, running game. This is the opposite of that because we only ran for 25 yards on 25 carries, which Travis is one yard to carry. <laughs> so you're not going to win many games when you're averaging one yard to carry. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like that game against Clemson basically did Syracuse in. Once, once they got that high and then couldn't pull off the upset, it was like, meh, let's just go to next year. Well, Morris and the defense led number 22 NC State to knock off number 21, Wake Forest, 30-21. Hartman for Wake Forest threw for just under 400 yards, but he had three costly turnovers. Ben, it's great to throw for a lot of yards, but if you can't take care of the football, you're probably not going to win, as we saw in this game, to be true. Yeah, and it's just really surprising because NC State, I mean, again, Leary is done for the year, so 
just to see them still winning some games is really surprising. I, I know I thought Wake Forest had a better team than this, but yeah, I mean, if Hartman can't hang on to the ball, if he would have hung on to the ball and, you know, didn't throw three picks and probably would have won this game. But yeah, it's just frustrating to see that they, they turned the ball over so much. Michael Penix Jr. has accomplished plenty in his first season at quarterback for Washington. He added game-winning fourth-quarter drive to the list. He marched his team right down the field, and Henry knocked in the winning field goal with eight seconds remaining, and Washington upset number 23, Oregon State, 24-21. I just feel for Oregon State. I mean, Oregon State's another one of those teams where uh, I just got a soft spot for those teams that just don't make, get ranked hardly ever. And it, it sucks that they, they're ranked in their first first-ranked opponent happens to be at Washington, which Washington's been a ranked team this year, too. But yeah, Michael Penix has been playing fantastic. A great quarterback when he was from Indiana, and just basically continuing that on here at Washington. Number 25, UCF with a solid win over Memphis, 35-28. Keen was 22 over 28 for 219 yards and three touchdowns. He did have one interception, but thankfully it didn't hurt his team too much. Ben, it's nice to see after UCF getting ranked last week, they didn't just give it right back and fall out of the rankings. Yeah, that's kind of what I was just alluding to. I mean, it's just like, it's nice when you're ranked and if you can at least win one game. I mean, just don't don't get ranked and then lose like you know Florida State. Uh, but it's it was good to see. It's definitely going to make a good contest for this coming weekend for Tulane and UCF. Uh, UCF has always been that team that's been kind of you know. It's decent though over the last few years, uh, and I remember the self-proclaimed champions like a few years back, which was ludicrous. But anyway, that's a different story. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's good to see UCF back in kind of like the limelight. So hopefully they can keep playing well, but maybe not this weekend necessarily. I've been reading the AP Top 25 every week, but really the only one that matters now is the college football playoff rankings as they have started. So after this last week, the committee put Georgia back up to number one. So they, they went from three to one after beating Tennessee. Ohio State, despite their rough game, remains at number two. Michigan joins the party at number three. They went up two spots, and TCU up three spots to number four. So the little guys cracked the top four, and you've got two Big Ten teams in there after having two SEC teams in there last week. So Tennessee gets bounced out. They're sitting at fifth. And Oregon lurking at 6. LSU's right behind them at 7, so keep an eye on them. USC at 8. Alabama on the back to ninth, And Clemson at 10. Ben, how'd you feel about those rankings? Do you agree with the, the committee's new top four? for? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with George. I mean, when you beat the number one team, you definitely should be, you should leapfrog Ohio State because Ohio State had a bad game. Uh, I I give credit. I'm glad the committee left Ohio State at number two because they shouldn't fault them for that game. I mean, the weather was terrible. Uh, I think Michigan and TCU definitely being there is good. I, I still don't think Michigan really is a top five team. I think they're going to get manhandled when they play Ohio State, if I'm being honest. So I, I don't see them lasting very long. Uh, but but as of right this second, yes, I agree. The, the one thing I really like that they did is that they left Tennessee at number five with a shot still to play because I feel like Tennessee – I know they had a bad game, but they have been probably the best team in the country almost this whole entire year up until this point. So I, I like to see Tennessee still being there because they'll have an outside shot to at least get in because you know either Ohio State or Michigan is going to lose that game. So they've got at least a chance to get in there. The one thing that I always find weird, Alabama always just seems to kind of hang around. Like they typically don't drop very much. They lost their first game. They dropped to like sixth. And now they've lost their second game and then dropped to ninth. I mean, they don't, 
I don't know. The committee loves the committee loves Alabama, uh, if I'm being honest. But I, Clemson definitely deserved a drop. They got blown out by Notre Dame. But I just wish that it would drop a little bit further. I know Alabama's a great team. I understand that. So I'm probably going to get some flack for that. But I just feel like there's a little bit of a bias there where they where they keep them kind of hovering and close enough to where they can maybe get back in it. I don't see it, but potentially. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. Definitely a bias. Maybe even more of like a respect level. Well, you guys have been good for so long and a respect for Nick Saban. But it's like, all right, well, that's fine. But that was past years. Like, what have they done this year? Well, they've lost two games, you know, bump them out of the top 10. I mean, obviously, they're probably a top 10 team. But record-wise, I mean, there's other teams that have only lost one or undefeated that, you know, they're still in front of. So, but yeah, I think think I'm happy with the top four. I mean... Georgia, like you said, I mean, unanimous number one. That's a no-brainer. I like Ohio State staying at two. Like you said, the committee didn't sit there and penalize them for the elements and the horrible weather. Michigan getting into the top three, I mean, that's fine. They're playing solid. And then, obviously, it's nice to see TCU get in there and get some credit that they deserve. You know, obviously, Ohio State-Michigan coming up here in a few weeks. If they both remain at two and three, you know, whoever loses that game is obviously going to get bumped out. So that'll be... uh Interesting to see. Agree with the rankings, and you know you've got those other teams like Oregon lurking. Even keeping an eye on LSU. I mean, I know they've got two losses, but I mean, you never know. I mean, you mentioned the other day. I mean, especially if teams kind of keep getting beat up and stuff these last few weeks. I mean, we could have a two-team or a two-loss team get into the playoff yeah. this year. It's very likely. So we'll just have to wait and see yeah. what happens, though. Well, that's going to do it for this college football week 10 recap on up your game, a podcast all about sports, Travis and Ben signing off. 